You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Great evening to the Drawing Board Nation. This is your founder and host, Andre Ebron, and I'm super excited. I am on midwinter break from my 9 to 5, being a Dean of Climate and Culture for Detroit Public Schools Community District. Can you sense the excitement in my (laughs) voice? I feel refreshed and renewed. It's only been two days, but I've been able to get more sleep. Uh, haven't had, you know, a host of meetings. So this midwinter break was essential and necessary. I'm also on the heels of some other great news. I received a phone call today from one of my mentors from Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, the founding pastor of Cathedral of Praise International, the founding uh, headmaster of Cornerstone Christian College Preparatory School. I received the message that I'm being nominated and receiving the I am possible excellence award i look forward to being back home in fort wayne indiana this coming saturday uh there's so many excellent things happening this past saturday at my church kano's international church we launched a youth initiative and when i tell you the young people were receptive to it to the leadership team at kano's international church and to my pastor the chief apostle dr carolee dixon we are doing great work in the community uh before i move on we also have our nonprofit arm of our church. It's called Dunamis Community Development Corporation. And right now, lean in. We are at 100% high school graduation rate and 100% college or trade skill placement. Woo! Let's give it yes, up. Yes. And listen, we are not just dealing with, you know, sometimes you get youth organizations who they may have one or two people, so they're at 100%. And while that's that's definitely notable because when you impact one life, that is something huge to be recognized. But we have a plethora of students. We are well within. Our pastor has been pastoring over the last uh 35 going on 36 years, been in full-time ministry, 45. This is going on the 46th year. So has been doing this throughout the ages, since the 80s, has been impacting lives of young African-American men and women. And listen, I am just excited, and I just wanted to toot the horn of the excellent work going on within the city of Detroit. Now listen, today is no different. I promise you always that I will present quality information from quality people, and I am excited to bring to the show one of my brothers. We've been knowing each other for about the last five to seven years. Five years. Yeah, about the last five years. And this gentleman has always been one who's been dedicated to the uplift of his community, willing to sacrifice both personally and professionally to ensure that children around him feel uh, motivated, encouraged, inspired. He's always willing to lend a hand. And watch this. And even lead initiatives if it's going to impact the greater whole. I got a chance to meet you, sir, when I was the dean of students right. uh, at Washington Parks Academy. And you and your family just came over and you would have thought that you all had been part of the family for <laughs> eons. Right. Uh, you are well respected within the community. Uh, when I posted uh, the picture uh, the collateral of you being on the show, uh, one of the young leaders, Harrison Shelby, which yes. I know that you know That's him. My uh, guy, yeah. Harrison. And so, yeah. So, 
he he liked it right away. Yeah. And uh, I know you're well respected within the community. Uh, one thing I love about you and feel definitely connected to you is that you are a Marine. Yes, sir. And so uh, the fact that you are. Uh, yes, sir. And so, you know, uh, both of my parents were in the Marines. And so I would like to say thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, that your definitely. Absolutely. Definitely doesn't go without being noticed. So if you all could help me, welcome to the show uh, from the Boy Scouts of America. Just one of the awesome things that he's associated <laughs> with. Please welcome to the show, Brother Marlon Franklin. What up, though, Detroit? And the crowd goes wild. <clears throat> yes, sir. So, man, listen, before we jump into Boy Scouts of America, man, you have your hand in a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen you. You are a founder of a clothing line, and you yep. have that business. Talk to me about that. Um, So... I'm a lifelong Detroiter. All right. Um, you know, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I came back to Detroit. I had my Master P dreams of, you know what I'm saying, being a big record executive. But I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. Okay. And uh, my hands was in a lot of different things over the last 25 years or whatever. But right now what I'm doing is I'm, my passion is computers and, and, and technology. So everything that I did kind of has something to do with technology. And um, long story short, I went from owning a recording studio and working with a lot of great Detroit artists and music, musicians uh, all the way to now owning my own screen printing embroidery company uh, with my partner, Ray Chambliss. Uh, but, you know, it all comes from me being a graphic designer. So I do pretty much, if it, if it can be seen on the computer, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and that kind of created an opportunity for me to get into this whole clothing industry. Okay. Um, but what, what actually created my brand, uh, remain humble, uh, and parenting is fundamental though, is my family and my kids and me just having a passion for youth and, and development of them as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, my, my, my son Cortez, he was into music, you okay. know, um, and when he came to me and said, yo, dad, check out my music, you know, I'm listening to it and I'm like, OK. And now this is when he was, you know, he was grown. You know, this is after he had came, you know, 20 years behind me, seeing me on a recording studio, seeing me being an entrepreneur. You know, he got he caught that music buzz after he graduated from high school. And one day he came to me and told me to check out his music. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, OK. Son got some skills here. This is something I could actually appreciate and listen to. So, right. you know, I kind of took that and told him, no more paying for your own studio time. You know, from here on out, whatever your studio is, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been doing music for 25 years. I know a lot of people in the music business, people who own, who are musicians, people who own recording studios and things like that. So I put him in the studio and... uh the very first song he recorded was a song called Remain Humble. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and at the time I didn't know what it really meant. You know, I'm just appreciative that my son wants to be in the music industry. He's knowledgeable and he's creating something on his own. He was actually spending money on his own, out his own pocket going to the studio. So when I seen that, that's the kind of that's the kind of artist I can appreciate. You know, if if you investing in yourself, then I can work with that. You Absolutely. know, you're not looking for a handout. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I told him I was like, "Yo, I can I can work with you on this." And you know, I took him to the studio, and I took and and what ha and funny thing is, uh, one of my best friends is a legendary rapper. His name is B Def Barry okay. Lawrence. Yeah. 
legendary Detroit rapper. He's, you know, I, I was a fan before I even became his friend. I just happened to meet him, and we built a relationship to the point where we're brothers. You know, he called me sibling, you know. Okay. This is my guy. So I told him, my son's rapping, you know what I'm saying? I want you to come and go to the studio with us. So you can check him out. You know what I'm saying? Just let me know what you think. Right. You know Give what him the stamp. Right. Right. You know, so uh, I took him to my partner's studio, Gino XO. He owns a studio on uh, Six Mile Greenfield. And um, my son recorded this song. And it was a song he had on his own. You know, he has a rap partner. Okay. Uh, but at the time, this was a song that he had uh, that he wanted to create for himself. So that's why it was so... That's why I was so that's why it's so passionate to me now because my son Cortez passed away in his sleep 2017 April the 11th. Yes sir, my condolences. And thank you, I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, that was a big blow to me in my life, you know what I'm saying? My second born son passed away in his sleep. No foul, nothing, you know, no foul play or anything like that. He just the the coroner says to me his clock just stopped ticking, mm. you know, and that was a big blow to me at the time, you know. Um, but when I started trying to grab a hold of something to find some peace, it was his music. Yes, sir. You know, and I was I, I listen to his music right now. His ringtones on my phone It's everything to me. You know what I'm saying? But the song he created, Remain Humble was speaking to me. He was letting me know, Dad, I'm still with you. Absolutely. You know, and I created something for us to take to the eons. This is something that's going to transcend time. It's not It's not like something that's just local. It's not just Detroit. It's not just a, a little piece. This is something that no matter where you go, it's going to be respected and appreciated. So... I should start building the brand, remain humble. So that's that's kind of where my focus is right now with my business. Uh, I, I do screen printing, embroidery, contract work for pretty much anybody. I do a lot of work for DPS, a lot of charter schools and sports teams and things like that. That's what pays the bills, and that's what keeps my doors open at my business. Um, but I created Remain Humble as a way to represent my son, and to build a brand that can be respected no matter where it goes. It's just not a Detroit thing. It's a worldwide thing for sure. Absolutely. So on the heels of that testimony of you sharing about your son, go ahead and drop the link. Where can they actually go ahead and, and uh, purchase some of their gear? Remain home? Uh, I'm rebuilding. I'm redoing my whole brand. <clears throat> uh, we have a website. It's called DetroitGarmentCompany.com. It's on pause right now because I'm working with some new web developers. I've been doing everything myself. I'm a technology guy, so I feel like if I can do it myself, I'm going to do it. But I'm to a point now where I need to rebrand it and redevelop it on a more uh, higher level than it's been for you know for me personally. So I've outsourced my work uh, to get the website up and going. Uh, DetroitGarmentCompany.com is our website, but it's on pause until they finish developing it in a whole new look. So that's they can look forward to seeing it on DetroitGarmentCompany.com. Absolutely. And if you want some some gear uh, during the construction phase, please just DM or uh, contact Marlon Franklin on Facebook. Also on Instagram. What's your name on, on Instagram? Uh, everything everything is Marlon Franklin. Marlon Franklin. Yeah, Marlon Franklin or Detroit Garment Company. Okay, cool. Yep. So, yeah. So, man, listen. So, you go from uh, turning this, you know, 
untimely death into a brand. Uh, the message behind the brand is amazing. Yeah. So remain humble. Absolutely. Uh, my mentor, Dr. Underwood, says that humility is man's greatest asset. Absolutely. It positions you to be able to learn from others. And it also opens up doors of opportunity because you are tractable and teachable. Right. Others are more willing to give and sow into your life the best of what they have. Mm -hmm. So, man, now you are uh, a scout leader for Boy Scouts of America. Give me that journey. How do you end up man. involved there? Tell me how do you, how do you, you know end what? up in this partnership with Boy Scouts of America? You know, this is this my whole journey uh, to the point where I'm at right now. Um, was me really just giving it all to God and asking him to just point me in the direction that he wants me to go. And okay. I and that's 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 the realest that I can really give anybody because in 2015 I lost my 15-year-old son Michael uh Michael Joe Michael Yost Jr. um he was killed in a car accident. You know, I was taking him to school. Yeah. And an ignorant person was driving recklessly in a stolen vehicle on Six Mile and Greenfield. And on my path to take him to school, he ran into us and killed my 16-year-old son. Mm. Um, That, of course, it changed my life, right? Right. But it changed my life in so many ways because— Everything that I was doing in my life, I was running. I was just running to try and, and, and be successful, be a good family man, provide for my family and get rich, you know. So my, my everything about my life, I was just running. I was just, you know, everything. It didn't matter what it was. I was running to get it. And at that moment, everything changed because this is my 16-year-old son, okay, this is and he's not my biological son. He's a son that I've loved since he was ten years old. I met I met his I met my wife Holly in uh, nineteen eighty six in high school. Wait First. a minute, let's let's shout out to Queen one time. <laughs> yeah, I know wife. she's watching. So sure. uh, holla out to Miss Franklin, Mrs. Franklin. Hey baby, Miss Holly. You. Oh yeah, you knew you had to get that in. You had to make <laughs> sure. sure, absolutely. Sure. And she I mean, is yeah, she's everything, man. I mean, you know, she loved me. You know, I say since 1986. She'll say since 2010 or whatever, you know, when we got back together. Because I met her in ninth grade in high school. You know what I'm saying? She okay. was a beautiful woman then. Tell She's me how you stepped to her. How did you step to her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you can't share oh, that. I don't know. You know, <laughs> hey, I, let's just say, you know, through four years of high school, I never stopped trying. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I oh. never stopped trying. You oh, Miss Franklin, you didn't tell me you were shooting my brother down. Every, every time. Every you time. You know what I'm saying? She oh. said I had too many women at the time and stuff like that. But whatever, you know what oh. I'm Okay, yeah, we leave that. We was young, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Of course, I had a lot of women. Fast was, forward to 2010, right? Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Thank, shout out to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook because that's how we got back connected. You okay. Know? Oh, this uh, this is a Facebook love. Yeah. Or I, back in the day, know, computer it's, love. It's a it's a it's a it's a lot. It's a lifelong love. You know what I'm saying. I've All been right. loving her since I first met her. She was a great woman. You know what I'm saying. Even when we were in high school. So. To 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 open up Facebook in 2000, she's going to say it's probably 2009, really, you know, but whatever the case, I'm bad with years. But I opened up Facebook and you know how I send you those somebody you may People know. People you may know. I was like, oh, shoot. Holly Hemphill? Yes. 
friend request. Right. You know. Did you slide directly into the DMs? Tell no, me the truth. I sent the friend request. Okay, all right. But it immediately went to messaging back and forth because once she, you know, she accepted the friend request and didn't, I guess it was slide into the DM. Yeah, you slid into the DM. <laughs> like, all hey, right. what's up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And then they had, we our, our, our class, I went to Old Park High School. Okay. All right, so... Uh, we had this meeting place on 8 Mile and uh, Lasser at Friends Bar. They had, like, this group, Elk Park would meet up spot, you know, on uh, I think it was, like, first Tuesdays or something like that. It was a Tuesday. Okay. But anyway, I was like, hey, let's meet up at Oak Park. You know what I mean? At the Friends or whatever. Let's let's meet up or whatever. So she came and uh, <laughs> she – this is, I got to tell this story because it's funny. Now I can laugh about it. Okay. So I stayed on 7 Mile. In Lasser. Okay. We were meeting at on 8 Mile in Lasser uh, at Friends. So I really, like, literally walked from 7 Mile up to 8 Mile um, to, the, to, the, to the bar or whatever. And it was a snowy day. It was February. It was super snowy. Okay. And, but I had to go you see You had Holly, to get there. You know That's what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. For sure, for yeah. sure. So I walked up to the bar. We met. We had drinks. We talked. We kicked it. And, uh... When we got done, she was like, oh, I got, matter of fact, I know what day it was now. It was uh, February, uh, February 1st. Okay. It's February. <laughs> it I was would, in February. Yeah. So, you know, she was like, oh, I got to get home because um, our oldest daughter, Jessica, her birthday was at midnight. Okay. So she had to get home so that she could yeah, do happy the birthday. birthday thing, right? right? So um, we hung out for a little while at the bar and then she left. And I walked back home. Right. In the snow. Yeah. And whatever. I'm sure. But you probably didn't feel any of the cold. <laughs> no, because sir. Because you were on cloud nine. Yeah, definitely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, yo, she still look good as all day. You know what I'm saying? And she feeling me. So yeah, it's like old times. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, long story short, you know, um, we got together and we've been together ever since that day. You know, nonstop. Um, it was, it was, uh. A, a great opportunity for me to uh, make some changes in my life, you know what I'm saying? And she was definitely the, the best decision I made to uh, better my life. Um, so her son, Michael, was 10 years old at the time. Right. And his father had recently passed away. So, you know, he was at a point a very emotional state of, at his in his life. Yeah. And I could relate because I lost my mother at 13. Hmm. He lost his dad at 10. So right. I could directly relate to where he's at and where he's going through, you know. And the way that their family is, they are a very, very close family. So they, you know, once me and Holly became a couple, they embraced they me embraced like, you, you know, right. I'd always been there, you know what I'm saying? So it made it easy for me to equally do the same thing because I understood where Michael was at in his life and he needed a father and he needed love and he needed guidance. You know, he's 10 years old. So this is that point where in boys you start actually turning into a man, you know what I'm saying? Because you're starting to smell yourself. You're starting to grow hair in places, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You're and maturing. I understood yeah. this, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. You know, um, and 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 it gave me purpose again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it gave me a chance to be a, a family man. You know, because uh, before that, I was 
kind of reckless with my life, you know, because I was always running. And when I recognized that, it it, it kind of it's kind of really got me where I'm at right now and feeling good where I'm at because I know that, you know, as a young man, I was running trying to get the bag. And but I was still trying to be a family man and father to my kids. Everything was running. It was just always running, just running, you know. So being a father and being in a house and, and actually having some some love and guidance and, and foundation stability. really helped stability. Yes. It, it helped me as a man, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, to to have this day come. Where my sixty, we had just celebrated Michael's sixteenth birthday. He might he turned sixteen on September the seventh. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking about a month later. One month later, after his sixteenth birthday, I'm having to deal with burying my son. Right. That was, I mean, beyond life changing because he was a great kid. He played soccer. He loved basketball. That's right. You know, he wasn't a bad kid. You know, he got great grades in school. He went to Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. Okay. Yes, sir. Shout out to Mr. Harris, wherever you at. Sir, I love you because he was a great brother. He was he was the dean before he became the, the principal. principal. You talking about Russell Harris? Yeah, Russell Absolutely. Harris. Absolutely. Well, I shout out to you, guy. Russ, man. That for sure. Russell yeah, yeah. Harris is my guy because throughout all of the years that my son was in that school, he 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 treated us like a family. You right. know what I'm saying? We weren't just some parents of a student who went to his school. No, we were family all the way to the point to where when my son, my son passed away in 2015, he still had two years of school. He was in 10th grade. Right. 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 But my wife wore his cap and gown to their graduation. Absolutely. And That's received family. his diploma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife went to the prom. Right. And hung out with all the kids and partied on the rooftop. Well, just, and it gave you the chance to get back uh, what you wanted in high school. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Right. I didn't get that right. prom. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. wasn't my prom day then. But, <laughs> but you got she a chance was, to re- yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. Yep. You know, so <laughs> that was, you know, shout out to Jalen Rose Leadership Academy because my son chose that school. We We didn't want him to go there. You know what I'm saying? We was against... Charter schools that were new, right. you know what I'm saying? I'm a charter school advocate 100% because they make a difference. But at the time, this was a new school. They didn't even have a track record. They didn't even have a graduating class yet. Right. But my son wanted to go there. And when we went and toured the school and seen the culture and the environment, we was like, oh, we can work with this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It ain't got to be the super big school with a 1,000 kids. You know, no, we can have a little bitty small school with 150. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Amer- that- American Promise Schools, uh, the chartering company, uh, is very intentional about how they deliver instruction, education, the rigor. Right. Uh, how they address children's identity, relevance and belonging. So, yeah, relevance yeah, I used and to, belonging. Yeah, yeah, relevance and belonging. I used to uh, actually be a dean at McDowell Preparatory Academy. Oh, shout out to McDowell. Right, you know, shout so, out to McDowell. Yeah, that was part of the, it was American Promise Schools, and then they became Promise Schools. So, yeah, shout out. They're doing a lot of great work over there, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of great people over there from that point i know people go on uh, after they are a part of the promise schools family they go on to some great opportunities 
and or they continue to make a difference where they are. So it is very much so uh, considered one of the core values is team and family. Mm -hmm. And so they very much so. Uh, they you know, embody, embody that for sure. Uh, you know, concept of family. They so did for sure. Yeah. So, man, you go from 2015, you have a tragedy, but you, I see you, you know, forging ahead and carrying on your son's memory. 2017, you have uh, another tragedy, and I see you still pressing on by faith, and you dive into your spirituality in a way uh, that just refreshes your relationship with God. And then now, man, I see you impacting lives across the city in such a way through Boy Scouts. Like, man, this, so a lot of times when you see people, this is a message to somebody, because as you share your testimony, there's a young brother right now, could be fresh out of uh, any type of military service or could be fresh out of high school, and he might be running for the bag, mm -hmm. and he might just think think of his life, uh, e equate success with monetary gain, and he might just be running and running and running and running, and really not even realizing that his, he needs to slow down to get some stability in his life. Right. Because when you slow down to get that stability, instead of building out, you're able to build, build up, up. For sure. And so I know a lot of us, I, I put a question on Facebook for leaders. I just posted it on the way here. I know I shouldn't be texting and driving. Uh, but <laughs> I was, I text and I said, as a leader, are you concerned, more concerned with the vastness of your impact or the depth of your impact? And that is a question that every leader has to ask themselves. Definitely. Because what I'm really asking is, what is your motive, right? That's right. what I'm asking. Because the vastness of impact, you know, I think we do that through influence. Uh, but when I looked at the impact that you have in an individual's life, like the impact that Russell uh, had oh, yeah. in you all's life, Definitely. that he had in the student's life, that's that's depth of impact. Right. That's something that you all will carry for as long as you live, right? right? And that you've been able to take that love uh, and spread it out to uh, students that you come in contact with, right? <laughs> Man, that, yeah. that's 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 where I'm at right now because I've given up the passion to be Master P and Puff Daddy, you know, and be super rich and famous and all of that. And that's kind of what I was getting at, you know. When my son passed, it really made me focus more on about what is my legacy going to be like? What You know, when I'm gone, what are people going to really remember about me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a, a lot of places I've been, a lot of things I've done, a lot of people have always said. So I had a, a, a when I got out of Marine Corps, I started my record business, right? Okay. And I met this guy who could rap. He was cold. He was like phenomenal, right? You said he had bars like Ebron. Bars. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. Go hey, ahead. mega bars, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, bars. Yeah, and but he introduced me to his little cousin. Okay, and his little cousin, me and him just clicked, right? When I met him, he was like 13 years old, little kid. I'm yeah. 24, 25, or whatever. Yeah, and this little kid's mama told him, "You stick with Marlon. He's gonna do right by you, right?" Yeah, her name was Angela. And this little guy, his name Angelo, my guy, he's like a little brother to me. He's grown now with kids of his own. But his mo him, his mother trusting him with me, you know, as a young black man from Detroit. Right. That meant a lot to me. And I, and, and, and I knew that I had to represent right. I couldn't teach, I couldn't just show this young boy all the street stuff that I did and done over my years. Those days was behind me. You right. know what I'm saying? And I got somebody looking up at me, so I need to make sure that I'm representing that right. Her telling him that and me hearing it 
changed my whole life, you know what I'm saying? Because it let me know that I do have something to give to somebody else. Yes, sir. So, you know, and she and, trusted you. And she trusted me. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about a woman from Finkel and Schaefer, from the hood. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's got three kids, but she's telling this her son, you stick with Marlon. That meant something to me, you know, and, 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 and it's organic because it wasn't nothing that I was doing that I was trying to be. I wasn't trying to emulate anybody. I was just being the person that I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that meant a lot to me. And so moving forward to where I am today, when our son came to your school. Yes. Right. Mr. President. When he came as a kindergartner. My wife came home and said, they have a dad's club. You need to come check it out. Absolutely. So I said, oh, all right, I'll come check it out. You know, I was an entrepreneur, so I had a flexible schedule. You know, my my store's on Evergreen and Grand River. Okay. So I'm not far from the school. So I could go to the school, check things out, go to check work. Back, right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not far. So I said, all right, I'll come check it out. I went to the school. And there were two brothers there, uh, uh, Chuck Clark and, and yep. Scott Arrington. Yeah. Two great two brothers. phenomenal guys. Great yeah. brothers. But they were the dad's club. Right. They were the only two men in the school who were representing all the fathers of this school. Right. And my son was a kindergartner. So when I went, I said, Roughly oh. a thousand students. Roughly a thousand students at the time, you know. And that's and that's even more impactful. We got two brothers representing all the fathers of over a thousand kids. So when I went in, these brothers were so welcoming. Right. I had to join and be a part of it. You yep. know what I'm saying? So that's, you know, I, I started uh, going to the to the meetings and meeting with the brothers every day. And uh, we fellowship and kick it and talk about school culture and and represent manhood in the school. Um, And it gave me purpose because this is me coming out of physical therapy. I mean, I was, you know, when my son was killed in this car accident, this was a major car accident. The, The fool that was driving it, the stolen car, had to be doing 100 miles an hour down Greenfield. Hmm. At seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I was recovering from the accident as well. I'm still on a cane at the time. Right. You know, so it, it got me out of the house, you know, from dealing with what I was going through mentally, you know, as a man, as a father, you know, I, I can't even work. I can't do nothing for my family. I can't even, I can't take out the trash. You know what I'm saying? So right. mentally, I was in a really, really, really bad place that, I, you know, people really don't know because I don't talk about it. But and I don't show it. I'm not, you know, it's just I wasn't raised that way. You know what I'm saying? You Whatever's going on inside, you deal with it inside, you know. So I, I, I like to say, you know, I have a college degree in fortitude. OK. You know. Expound. Fortitude is mind over matter. That's right. You know, it, 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 it's getting past what you're going through because it's a mental thing more than a physical thing, you know. I mean, physically, I was I was beat down. I had to go to physical therapy and, 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 and see psychologists and medicine and all of that stuff after the accident or whatever. But 
going to the school and meeting these welcoming brothers gave me purpose, you right. know, and my son was a kindergartner. So, you know, Excellent. I had to invest in the Excellent school. student, by the way. Oh, man. Excellent my, student. My son, Mr. Yeah. President Hollis. Mr. President, is, yeah. He, he is, he's, he's given me the motivation to really press on, you know, and I mean, which is what led me to Boy Scouts of America. So <clears throat> long story short, uh, after uh, going back, you know, working at the school, volunteering at the school with the, with the dad's club and, and, and really building that up and finding an actual purpose that I could actually get out of the bed and then love and enjoy to do, you know, working with kids is, is I wish I would became a teacher, 30 years ago. I wish when I got out of the Marine Corps, somebody would have told me to become a teacher, you know, right. because I love it now. I, I really do. I enjoy being in the classroom. I enjoy talking to students and giving them some focus and some direction. And, you know, schools are predominantly female no matter where you go in the world, you know. So to be a male presence means that much more because they listen to us. That's right. You know, That's and, right. I mean, I, my, my, my Cub Scouts programs right now, um, um, I only mostly I, I have predominantly boys at all of my programs in schools. Um, there are a couple of schools that I have females as well. Um, but for for how the boys respond when I talk to them is everything for me now i mean it's like you know it changed it, it changes it, it it just makes me feel good to get up and do what i do every day That's so right. you know going to the whole it ain't about the money you know what i'm saying so how i ended up at boy scouts um as a result of me volunteering at the school as much as i did um the new principal it's like yo i need to have you you need to work here, you know, because I right. was volunteering a lot of time. That's right. You know, and he offered me a job opportunity and I jumped on it because I loved what I was doing. Um, but the ironic thing happened to me, man, and, and, and it blew my mind. I'm a United States Marine, right? Right. I say I, I graduated from college with a, a degree in a degree fortitude, in fortitude right? right? So in my mind, whatever it is that I want to do, whatever it is I want to be, nothing can stop me. Absolutely. Right. Right. I got passed over for the job. Okay. Crushed me. Blew my mind, man. It's like I always thought that no matter what the job is, if I want it, I can get it. Because my skill sets and my level of knowledge is there no matter for what I want to do. Right. Right? But because I did not have a college degree, I was not eligible for the job that he offered me. And that kind of crushed me like, yo, how can my 30 years of life experience not get me a job being a uh, in-school suspension counselor or, 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 you know, parapro, whatever. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So I didn't get the job. And so that made me retool and say, OK, I got to do something different because I got an eight-year-old son. Well, at the time he was six, you know, but I got a minor child that's got you know, 12 years of school to go through and he plays basketball. So I need medical insurance. I'm a United States Marine. So I never really worried about medical insurance all my life as an entrepreneur. I got the VA to back me up, right. you know, right. so I never really needed to pay into an insurance program, you know, but I got a minor child now. So I got to retool and rethink how I'm going to do these next 18 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, uh, 
my cousin is the uh, director of the University of Michigan Detroit Center. Uh, and in that in that center, they have a program called Public Allies. Okay. Public Allies is a program uh, through AmeriCorps. Um, Michelle Obama was a part of its uh, uh, beginnings. And as the Detroit chapter was created, Ishmael Muhammad, great, great brother, great brother, created. He brought the program to Detroit through the University of Michigan Dearborn. Okay. And where I thought that this was a program for college kids, you know, moving towards their degrees and things like that. No, this what I come to find out from this program is that this is a program for anybody interested in retooling their life, you know, uh, working with nonprofits. So, so Public Allies is a program where they take individuals and place you with a nonprofit to build their capacity. Right. And as a result, you get work experience and knowledge of how nonprofits worked. So me and my wife, after my son Michael passed away, me and my wife created a foundation called the Michael Yost Jr. Foundation. Um, and it was a foundation we created to give scholarships back to students at Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. For all that they've given us, we wanted to continue to be able to give something to them as well. Right. So that's, we created the, the, the foundation for that purpose. But, as a result of me and my wife volunteering so much at Washington Parks Academy, we noticed that there was also a need for youth development, mentoring, and things of that nature, you know, and, you know, which Absolutely. is how, how we, we created the, yeah. uh, uh, the Empowerment Project. The Empowerment Project. Which was a great program right. at its time, you know, you blessed it, gave it vision, and I took the ball and ran with it as much as I could to make sure that we gave something back to those boys at that school. Yeah, and that was important because as the dean there, uh, when I could come in and help and assist, my plate was it was entirely full, phenomenally. And full, listen, right. and uh, that for those that are listening, fathers that are listening, if you, or people, because mothers generally control the flow of education in the child's life. So the fact of them being in the building, for the most part. Uh, is the mother's decision. Here's what I will say, and something that we were able to do at Washington Parks through the Dads Club, uh, helping out with uh, Boy Scouts of America, the Empowerment Project, is we were leveraging the men that were in the lives of the young man there. So if it was an uncle, if it was a cousin, right. if it was a younger brother uh, who, for whatever reason, had the responsibility of leading the family at the time as it relates to being the quote-unquote man in the household, what we started doing was giving him the tools that was necessary to effectively lead, watch this, and still grow personally. Right. Because sometimes in in our in urban settings, uh, the lives of our young men, their potential is thwarted or stunted due to the level of responsibility that they must take on. Absolutely. So while they might be facilitating tasks of responsibility, their level of maturity and growth mm. is actually stunted by the weight of the responsibility. Right. So during the Empowerment Project and in conjunction with Boy Scouts of America, uh, the Dads Club at Washington Parks, we started seeing these young men flourish and grow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, so you we had the Empowerment Project. Now here, fast forward me, take me to now your work with Boy Scouts of America. So through work, so as a part of Public Allies, uh, I was placed with, Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Metropolitan Detroit. Okay. That was my work assignment. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And the reason they placed me there is because I was doing so much volunteer work at Washington Parks Academy and I enjoyed working with the kids that they said, yo, we have the perfect organization with you because they have partnerships with a lot of like, you know, United Way, uh, the Science Center, uh, Focus Hope. So, you know, Public Allies has a lot of partnerships with a lot of organizations, but right. they said you would be a perfect fit for big brothers and big sisters. Right. Yeah. So they placed me there and I was fortunate enough to uh, work there for a little over two years. It was a great experience, but the it, it was different because it wasn't hands on with the kids. It was more administrative doing the, the other side of the business and understanding how you set up programs. Right. And, and implement new programs and things like that. So it was a great experience. Uh, but once that contract ended with them, I started looking for. Uh, additional employment. So then I have to backtrack a little bit. So when Hollis started at Washington Parks Academy and we created the uh, Empowerment Project uh, male mentoring program, um, I recognized that at our school there was still a specific need for programming. Right. And um, all of my kids, ironically enough, have been a part of scouting. I, I was a scout when I was a kid you know, in, in third and fourth grade. Okay. Um, and so when I became an adult, um, I put my sons in scouting and I looked into things that was just going to give them something to do after school. You know, you, they say out of minds is a double playground. Right. So I just looked into programming that I liked that I thought was interesting and, and uh, put my kids in it. So, uh, my son Cortez, he was a scout. Um, and then, when Hollis came to Washington Parks Academy, I seen that we needed, you know, there was an opportunity to start a scouting program. Okay. So I was like, yo, I'll start a scouting program. I reached out to the organization and we started our pack at Washington Parks Academy, uh, 1701. Okay. Um, 1701 being the year Detroit the year was founded. The year Detroit was founded. Right? Oh, I was with you. I, yeah, I was with you. I saw <laughs> you know, it. You for sure, right? I <laughs> yeah, had to yeah. represent us. Right. Even though we're in Retford, technically, you know, we still serve 95, 99% Detroit kids. So Absolutely. I said our pack is going to be called 1701 because I love my city, right? right. So I created the, uh, the Cub Scout program and, um, I was a parent volunteer and, Parent volunteering is is a is a labor of love. You know, you either do it or you don't, right? You know, so I didn't have a lot of parental support. And in order to start a Cub Scout program, you have to have five people to support the program. Okay, you know, so it was me, my wife, um, Wendy Barbara, who was one of my scouts' mother. Right. Um, and um, who was Moon helping? Yeah, uh, Mr. Moon, which right. is my best friend of. 40 years now, you know, right. uh, he, and, and, uh, you know, and that's the funny thing about him is I invited him to be a part of our dad's club, you know, and he don't even have no kids at all. Not, right. not a single child. All he has is godchildren. And my son Hollis is his, his is his youngest grandchild. I mean, godson. So mm-hmm. he came and volunteered at the school. So it was me, Mr. Moon, um, my wife, Holly, uh, Wendy Barber and, uh, Mrs. Dave, which is another parent of a child in the school. So that was my staff, you right. know, on paper. That was the staff, you know, and they also came and helped me run the program, make sure kids were uh, on task and things like that. So um, 
we ran the program for two years at Washington Parks, and it kind of fell off because there wasn't a lot of other additional support. We, you know, and we this, those five people that I named were also the same five people who were my parent volunteers all of the years we've been at the school. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, their time gets taxed sometimes as well. So, um, the program as as itself as a after school program um, started dwindling down. And but what was ironic is my supervisor, uh, Regina, she was um, just happened to be at the school one day because what happened is Washington Parks Academy decided to make Boy Scouting an in-school program. OK. Which was phenomenally better for our students right absolutely because a lot of because that was part of the issue we had is a lot of our kids were doing other after-school programs right and transportation being you know being that we're a charter school school of choice you know there is some transportation issues or children have other obligations after school right so when washington parks academy decided to make it an in-school program it made it much better for the ki- all boys to be able to participate. So I just happened to hear about this, that they had an in-school program. I was like, what? They have an in-school program? What is that all about? Right. And what, so, you know, long story short, it's a paid assignment in the pro, in the schools to run programming for Boy Scouts of America. And I said, well, I need to apply because there's no place I'd rather be than actually in the classroom. You know, I was looking for jobs and um, I had just recently enrolled in college to so that I could get that, uh, that lambskin, that college degree Absolutely. so that I would not have the issue of that being a barrier over me anymore. So but hearing about the program that they had an op- opportunity to be to work for Boy Scouts of America and be in a classroom. That was a win win. It was me. the perfect marriage. Yeah, it was. So right. I applied and. You know, lo and behold, I was eligible for the job. It didn't require me to have a college degree. So I'm thankful to be able to actually run program at five schools throughout Metro Detroit right now. I'm in. Um, well, let me name, let's name the best school that you're in right oh now. Oh, yeah, of course. I yeah, got to so shout Dawson out to Dawson. Elementary Middle School. For sure. Shout out. For so sure. it was it was a pleasant surprise to have, you know, gotten to know you at Washington Parks when I was the dean there. And then I happen to just be walking through the building and then <laughs> right. look up and see my brother again at Dawson Elementary Middle School where oh, I serve yeah. as the dean of climate and culture. Well, so, I got to say I advocated yeah. because they told me uh, we have a school called Dawson Elementary. I was like, oh, I have to go to Dawson. Yes. That's where Mr. Ebron, Mr. Brown, and Mrs. Boyce are. Yeah. I have to go there. You know Absolutely. What I'm well, we're glad to have you, man, because— when I saw you walk through the building, I knew I said, "Oh, help has help has arrived." Yes, absolutely. I, I, the quality of the programming that you provide, the excitement, the enthusiasm, uh, the instruction, man, I love and it, man. yeah, the direction that you provide for the young men. Uh, if people just look at the collateral that I posted, that is a group of our young men from Dawson. Yeah, excited about you know the work that they had completed. Right, we were working on flags that day. Right, working on flags that day. So for me, when I see a group of young men start a task. 
finish a task and be excited about what they have completed, yeah. that transcends that assignment. Absolutely. Because they were able to start something, they were able to finish it, and they were able to feel a sense of pride. Ownership. Ownership of Absolutely. completing the task. Yep. So uh, scouting uh, has principles associated with it yeah. uh, that transcends just the program, uh, takes young men into life, uh, gives them gives them skills and gives them aptitude. It really just opens up their aptitude to achieve. Oh yeah. Uh, I like to say I, I didn't never I never participated in scouting, uh, but my son participated in scouting. Okay. So uh, I knew that he was. I, my wife said I was training little warriors, so <laughs> I stopped that training <laughs> and I and I put him in the program. So um, my mom, who's also a marine, and they asked me, say, Ebron, why didn't you go to the Marines? I said, Well, I had 17 years of basic, you know. <laughs> right. And I tell people that story, but like uh, those survival skills, uh, learning how to tie a knot properly, yep, absolutely, uh, being able to know how to handle things agriculturally and plant and yep. sow seed. Knowing exactly what type of soil that you need, how to cultivate. Uh, my mother also did some some training that might be a, a little off the grid, you know, uh, as far as knowing like your whereabouts, assessing your environment, yeah. being able to take you to one place and you know drop you off, and you knowing how to you know make your way back. Absolutely, and, uh, those are all skills that, to be honest, some of our young people today they, they don't even it. have to engage. Yeah, they take in it for that granted thought because. Uh, they sit in the car and they don't pay attention to where they're traveling. Right. Computers they, tell you yeah, everything. Now. Right. So they, they don't know how to find their way. Mm -hmm. And I think that scouting is, uh, you know, a path uh, that people can choose to give kids those skills. Life skills, man. Life skills. I'm trying to tell you, you know, it's uh, one of my colleagues. Um, her son is grown now. OK. Right. But to this day. If he hands you a pair of scissors or any sharp object, he holds on to it until you say thank you so that you acknowledge that you have control of that sharp object. That's a skill that he learned in scouting. Oh, that's you great. Know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's just those kind of things right there. You know, we teach the, we teach the kids about a lot of stuff. Like I'm getting ready to teach the kids how to whittle, you know, and it's like, okay, whittling is done with a knife, right? Right. All of my programs are done in schools. So I can't take a knife in the school. Right. So we use bars of soap and we use, uh, plastic, uh, plastic, plastic knives, wear, right? Mm -hmm. And, Teaching the kids, when I started talking about it with the kids, you should have seen how excited they were. How they were, lit up, you know, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm letting them know. I say, okay, I'm on. I'm gonna talk to your parents about purchasing you a Swiss Army knife. Right. That is the almost like a rite of passage. It right? absolutely is. That's right. And they all understand it to yes. the point now where they're a lot more focused. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times when we talk about stuff, they get loud and super excited, and you know, but. Like, even at Dawson, I got nine boys. Yeah. Right? These nine boys who are third and fourth graders are so focused on the material and learning it, you know, that when I come in, I mean, and, and I do this program at lunchtime. So this is, they have to eat lunch. Right. They have to absorb the knowledge and they have to participate, you know, yeah. all within this little 30, 40 minute window. 
but they come in ready. Every well, let me week. tell you though, every day they're asking me. You know, even <laughs> though they know the day that they go, Mr. Ebron, I think I have Boy Scouts today. <laughs> Mr. Ebron, I think I got to go to Boy Scouts today. Yeah. I said, no, no, not today. No, I think I got to go, Mr. Ebron. I said, well, you know what? Go check with the office. I wish I you could know? do it every day. You <laughs> but know? they do. They do. They are so. Uh, even before you get there, they are anticipating your arrival. And they they leave, I'm telling you, with a sense of accomplishment. Man, and that's, I can get up every morning and feel good about where I'm going and what I'm doing because I know I'm making an impact. You know, I see my scouts out in Myers, you know, out in town at different places, and they give me the scout salute. Right. You know, and it just, you know, it just warms you up all on the inside because you know you're making an impact, you know. They look at you and say, hey, Mr. Franklin, hey, you know, they give me my scout salute when I'm in the hallways. They give me the scout salute. They come and try and give me the scout handshake or whatever. So that lets me know that they're absorbing what we're offering them. And urban kids, they don't get it. They don't get this enough. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm so happy to be able to create programs in the city of Detroit. Because otherwise, these kids wouldn't be getting these opportunities. I mean, and, 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 and there are a lot of scouting programs around the city in different in different um, churches and places, you know, and shout out to every last one of them. Um, but to be in the classroom makes a much more profound impact for me because I see probably 200 kids a week. Right. So let's do this because I know there are principals listening in. I know there are educators, teachers. I know that whether you're in a public school or a charter school and you're looking for some programming for your students. And sometimes it's your high flyers, your young men who need that young men and young ladies who need that extra uh, investment from a community stakeholder. And Brother Marlon Franklin is saying that. Boy Scouts of America is more than willing to come in during the day to support the programming of empowering your students. It's Absolutely. a win-win. Does it cost the school anything? doesn't cost the school a dime. So watch this. Listen in. It's totally free. And I don't even have to ask you if you're thinking about it. Every school is looking for more empowering programs that doesn't cost them a dime. This yeah. doesn't come from your general fund. You don't have to use your PBIS budget. This is totally free. The only thing you have to do is give them adequate space and make sure that you have young people that will sign up and participate on a weekly basis. So how can they get in touch with you so we can set up this programming? we got about five minutes left. Okay, so um, our office is located on East Warren, 1776 West Warren. Oh, I said East Warren. It's on West Warren, uh, right there on the corner of Rosa Parks Boulevard and Warren. Okay. Um, the phone number is 893-897-1965. I will ask the programs that I do that are in the schools are called Scout Reach programs. Um, My Scout Reach supervisor, her name is Regina Reed, um, and you can contact her at 313-897-1965, and I'm sure she can share any information that you may need to start a Scout Reach program at your school. We do in-school programming, which is done at lunchtime, and then we do after-school programming as well for for, um, schools that – don't have the time during the school day. Um, but, I mean, even like, so Washington Parks Academy, I'm actually doing their character ed hours. So if there's a school that has character ed time and you need to fill that space with quality programming, that's where we come into play. Um, Scout Reach, 
um, is the name of our program. Again, Okay, drop those numbers for me one more time. One more time. So the Scout Reach program and the supervisor's name is Regina Reed. Regina Reed. Her number is? uh, 313-897-1965. MichiganScouting.org is the website as well. All right. So, Brother Franklin, I'm glad that you were able to come on. Uh, I appreciate all of your work from you being a Marine to now a Boy Scout leader. Uh, Man, you guys are really impacting the youth. And I think it's going to take our collective work to really carry and build this legacy for our future. Absolutely. So as I always say, our future is not behind us. It is not before us. It is within us. And I'm Andre Ebron, and this is the Drawing Board Podcast. God bless. Peace.